0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton.
1: Celebrating Wharton's reunion weekend, where past alumni have gathered to reconnect and learn. This is a special presentation of Mastering Innovation on Business Radio. Hello and welcome back. I'm Saika Choudhury, Executive Director of the Mack Institute for Innovation Management and a Professor of Management here at Wharton. And this is our special reunion radio edition of Mastering Innovation on SiriusXM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm thrilled to introduce my next guest, 2003 Wharton MBA grad Brian Fields, vice president and general manager of Things to Do at Groupon. And before leading this team at Groupon, he was the vice president of corporate development at the company, and previously, he worked for the Tribune Company. Brian, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. How does it feel to be back on campus doing all these great things, and now coming on radio to share a little bit about all the things that you've been experiencing it's awesome it's uh It's been fifteen years since I
0: graduated and it's it's fun to walk through Philadelphia and see all the amazing changes in the city a uh, ton of economic development a lot lot of new things to see as I walked from Center City over to campus uh The campus looks spectacular and it's it's just invigorating
1: to be back on campus. Glad to hear that. You know, we're trying to get Amazon HQ2 to come here as well. So I'd like to put in a plug, a plug for Philly as well. You just did that for me, which is great.
0: Uh, I, 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 Philly would be my second choice after Chicago.
1: So. <laughs> we didn't hear that part, but, <laughs> but it's good that you at least did it in second place. All right. So I, I wanted to ask you about Groupon, about your role. Uh, the first thing I actually want to ask you is what is it that you exactly focus on and do because this title – Vice President and General Manager of Things to do at groupon right it it intrigued me a lot. Tell us a little bit about that yeah it's it's a it is
0: a rather broad category <laughs> uh, and it it is comprised of a lot of the uh, the things we sell that people associate with groupon, which is experience based products yes uh, and it's it's our uh, it's our live ticketed events business, which is uh, concerts, sporting events mm-hmm. uh, family. Uh, And comedy. Uh, And it's also our leisure segment. So uh, museums, attractions, uh, recreational sports like skiing and golf, uh, wine tours, uh, wine tastings, uh, axe throwing, all kinds (laughs) of uh, fun stuff that uh, people use us for to discover and,
1: and save some money along the way as well. That's exciting. I mean, Groupon is a company that has been uh, expanding and reinventing itself over the last years, in part to try and overcome various challenges. How do you see that process going? Where are you where are you in that evolution? Yeah,
0: it it's interesting that the, the company grew. It, it's considered one of the fastest growing companies ever uh, in getting to a billion dollars. Yes, and we did so uh, on a model that uh, really focused on. Uh, daily deals and, and pushing out a small number of deals to a lot of people. And there's been a, a lot of opportunity over the years to improve that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we've done is we've, uh, our vision and our North Star is to become a marketplace for local commerce. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is we're, we're focused on connecting customers with local businesses. Mm-hmm. And it's required a lot of pivoting over the years. Uh, to make our product easier for our merchants to work with mm-hmm. and to make it easier for the customers who buy from us to, to, to use to mm-hmm. buy and use. And it's it's an ongoing process. Uh you know, we look at it as just you you're you have a North Star vision, but you're rolling yeah. the ball forward all, all the time on that and you you don't necessarily ever arrive uh at your North Star. You just keep that as your vision that you're you're working towards.
1: Yeah. What role does innovation then play in in you know keeping you honest on the one hand, but also trying to come up with these new products and services, in particular, and these offerings, if we say that that you're looking at, because it's evolving all the time, right? Or you're augmenting that set. Yeah, a, a number of of uh, one
0: benefit we have is we just have this huge customer base. We have fifty yeah. fifty million active customers globally. Yeah, and we, our mobile app's been downloaded 177 million times. So. We have this large sandbox to play in. Yes, uh, and it requires uh, in the various businesses we're in; they're they're dynamically changing and and highly competitive. So we do have to try new things all the time. And yeah, uh, over the years, things like Groupon Goods, which is our our physical product business, yeah, uh, began with just a, a test of selling uh, a pair of headphones over over a weekend, and and we ended up selling. Uh, tens of thousands of units of it in a weekend, and we said, "Wow, we, we're obviously onto something there." Yeah, um, and that's now grown into a you know a two billion uh, plus business on its own. Yeah, um, and so it's really been f- a focus on on how do we uh, take advantage of that large base of merchants and, and customers who. Lo- love
1: using us and introducing new things to them. So, do customers give you ideas, or is it the data that you get from the feedback? Essentially, by introducing new things in the market. Yeah, it's it, it's a mix.
0: Um, we're obviously uh, always uh, looking for feedback from our customers on on mm-hmm. things that uh, we're doing that they like and things that, uh, that need to be improved. Uh, but it's it's a lot of it's based on on data as well. Uh, it, Groupon the mobile app. I think of as a, it's a store and, and there's limited shelf space. Yeah. And we need to make sure that we're maximizing the use
1: of that shelf space um, for our customers, for our merchants, and our shareholders. That that makes a lot of sense. In terms of all this experimentation, you know, clearly a lot of things have worked well. And those are the ones that we see staying. Yeah. What has not worked so well? Because we can often learn. Experimentation is not just about, oh, I have something and it's perfect from the beginning, right? What has not worked well and what have you learned? Yeah. Um, we try a lot of things, and and uh,
0: some of these businesses that we're in are just really hard. It's it's hard uh, working with small businesses yeah. uh, that aren't always as technologically savvy and connected as larger companies, which is you know, yeah. the space that we're largely playing in. So we have we have gotten into areas over the years like uh, uh, point of sale systems and payment processing yeah. that. Uh, we had a, a, a hypothesis behind it that something we wanted to test yeah uh and we we uh, clearly lay that out yeah. uh, and we give it a shot and sometimes we learn like in those instances that that's not the right uh that's not a scalable model yeah um uh, point of sale in particular it's a very long enterprise sales process and as our business was growing so quickly we we found we weren't
1: able to scale that as quickly as uh to keep up with the with the core business yeah so um, the learning must be a continuous part of the process. How do you make that happen? Is it just hiring people with the right attitude, or is there more to it, process-wise and organization-wise, and how you structure yourselves? It's both. Look, uh, the, 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 the people is really
0: it's a really important yeah. aspect of this. You you have to uh, you have to be comfortable coming into an environment that is both a mix of a large company and a startup company. Yes, and mm-hmm. it's because uh, we have. Thousands of employees are in fifteen countries there 's billions of dollars of revenue flowing through it and we are publicly traded so there 's a lot of aspects of a, of a large company there, but at the same time we 've been uh, pivoting our business model towards mm-hmm. this marketplace and you have to you have to be able to work in a uh, matrix cross functional technology uh, company that 's both managing to Wall Street and managing uh, a large business while uh, building for the future as well yeah we we certainly have a lot of process behind it as well, yeah, and I, uh, when, when we test new things, we we try to be very rigorous about you know, using our resources wisely, yeah, so having a strong hypothesis on the front end, uh, yeah, that's uh, documented in you know a short short memo that we agree upon, yeah. what, what are we testing, and what are the key metrics that we're looking for, yeah. to understand if this is something we should go forward with or not, and then yeah. what's the least expensive way to test it? yeah, uh, what's the fastest way we could get there? and then looking at the various toll gates along the way and saying are 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 the metrics that we expected from this being hit if yes keep going if no uh try to understand why and if there's a way we can influence it and yeah. sometimes you get to a point where uh you say this is this is not something we're going to go forward with because our underlying hypothesis
1: was was not accurate so you just hope you can get there as fast as possible and uh, as inexpensively as possible. Fascinating. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to the special reunion radio edition of Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Saika Chaudhary, and my guest is Brian Fields of Groupon. And we're talking about how to really think about innovation at Groupon, which has pivoted over many years into what it is now. I wanna. I loved what you said, which is that you have to have a mix of uh, a startup as well as an incumbent company feel. And the reason I like it is because there are a lot of myths and notions around there which are not always correct. One notion is that the startup has all the advantages and the incumbent doesn't have any. The second notion is that um, incumbents are really being disrupted and someone's going to get rid of them. It's very hard for them to respond. And, you know, most of them will just go away. A number do, but not all. And the third is startups will never grow up. They will always remain startups and always be agile. But, of course, that's not true. When you look at the likes of Google as well, you know, or Facebook, they are no longer startups. They are being disrupted. They can't come up with everything great. So I loved what you said about this balance of a startup mentality coupled with... These um, benefits from the established firm or needs, such as processes and resources and brands and all those things that you have, but you lose a little bit of the inner, the uh, agility sometimes as a result. Can you talk a little bit about the trade offs of you know this hybrid mentality and how do you balance that? Yeah, that's
0: that's a good question. And um, again, it's I think it's a place you want to get to as a business where yes. where there's there's nothing nothing at all wrong with having a lot of resources at your disposal and, and having ideal hopefully built a moat around your business model which affords you the ability to to experiment and yeah. test. Um I think th- the key is that you have to you have to have a culture yeah. that doesn't have a fear of, of failure right you can't penalize that too much and uh, you have to empower the teams mm-hmm. to uh, make decisions and move quickly and not become too political and again in a large company that can happen Mm -hmm. Um, we do something that we call uh tiger teams where we take uh small teams of leaders across the company who are uh come from cross-functional backgrounds and we give them a problem to solve Mm -hmm. Um, and they have to report very frequently back to our management team Mm -hmm. on what they're learning and uh they typically get assigned a a key metric Mm -hmm. uh, to work against uh and you know we track whether the metric is green or yellow or red and Mm -hmm. um And they report back to the team every couple weeks uh, to, to, again, drive like a rapid innovation cycle uh, and making sure that we're taking advantage of all the cross-functional resources we
1: have. I love that. And so you've built into your structure um, actually the openness, the creativity, the agility with that process or the accountability in order to manage both sides really well. So you get some of the autonomy or the freedom to think and do things, but you've got certain uh, goals that are set for you and and feedback mechanisms uh in order to achieve that.
0: Yeah, without without the accountability something like this could could turn into a a, a sprawl. Yeah. Um yeah. or uh you know, uh, an intellectually interesting project that doesn't end up getting the level of uh you know, kicking the tires on it and yeah. actually pushing it forward and and making sure that that you're driving towards something. Yeah. Uh, again, typically The way we look at it is, you know, what do we have to believe to invest even more in in this idea? And that's what we're trying to get to as fast as we can.
1: That makes sense. Um, And um, I think in in splitting up, you know, Google into, say, Alphabet and the mainstream part of Google, they kind of recognize that, too. You know, it's cool to do experiments and all these things, but at some point you've got to figure out what's the business model around it, too. Exactly. You mentioned the culture of innovation. That's clearly important. And one of the things is to empower people and uh, mitigate the risk of, of failure or rather give people the comfort that even if they fail with these experiments, that's uh, maybe not a negative thing and perhaps a positive thing and they learn a lot. How do you, it's easy to say, how do you actually inculcate such a culture in the organization? I I think a lot of it is just you have to build trust with people.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and how you, you know, what you say is important, but what you do is often more important. And uh, so, so, you know, the truth is that if, if if you have a, a a team that's taking a risk and mm-hmm. it doesn't work out and and uh, uh how you treat that team after is is what is going to drive culture across the company because everyone's watching yeah uh particularly anything that's high profile that doesn't go forward which happens uh that that people invest a lot of time in what do you what do you do with the team at the end mm-hmm. uh, are they rewarded with an even more challenging opportunity and, and something exciting or are they Sent sent off to Siberia, (laughs) Um, and and so we we focus very much on making sure that uh, uh, putting people you know with high potential uh, and future leaders into those roles, yeah, uh, and making sure that you know when it's time to roll off those roles that they they go into something really positive and challenging for the next
1: one, which recognizes that that there's learnings in in failure. That's such a powerful mechanism because in this day and age, people share and talk uh, about everything that happens all the time. So both the negative examples, but also the positive ones, they really come to the fore. So um, that's a nice way to do it. And if you treat people well, then that quickly gets around the company. One thing I wanted to come back to in terms of your business model, you emphasize that you focus on the local businesses, right? So Groupon comes is really about... I want to be, you know, working with local businesses, the smaller businesses, and have that local focus. Is that sometimes a constraint in a in a world where we always talk about global and macro and and scale things, you know, to as many people as possible? Um, how do you think about that? Yeah. So
0: it certainly is, is part of our competitive moat. I'd say in that we've built mm-hmm. all these connections with small businesses, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's been hard to do and it's taken a number of years to build uh the plumbing there and the trust mm-hmm. uh, between Groupon and small businesses it for 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 us it's that we're capitalizing on on a big theme in in the world which is uh you know m- millennials are a big part of our target audience yes and they value um uh, experiences over material yeah purchases in many cases and yeah. uh so you know building a thriving local community uh and by the way local can mean a local coffee shop it could also mean uh you know a starbucks reserve it, it doesn't have to necessarily be a mom and pop chain it's the point is it's the fabric and the thread in your community yeah. and having that thrive so that you can have as many great experiences as you can uh whether it's a restaurant again or a, a things to do or a concert or or getting a massage yeah uh really resonates with our audience. Uh, And so I think while there's certainly a lot of implications around business with uh, operating globally, what our focus on is really connecting people uh, with businesses that
1: they can walk to, they can, you know, take a short drive to. Yeah. And I think you guys had grown so quickly and also globally, so it was good to scale that back and and refocus on markets that you can handle. Right. Yeah. That's been a big, a a big part. uh, When we, uh, Rich
0: Williams, who's our current CEO, came on board a couple yeah. of years ago. Was uh, we, we had a very large footprint in, uh, I believe, forty-seven countries. We, yeah. we, we have fifteen now. So we yeah. really scaled
1: back to the where we thought we were positioned to win, and that winning would mean something. And that's important. You know, I think that's a very important lesson for people. And you know, it's not just about growing, growing, growing. It's also about consolidating. You know, making sure things are in order, cleaning up house, maturing. Yes. That's all part of the process, right? I mean, that shows a company's mature and you you bounce back that way you know it's uh, no company that we can think of that's been around for a long time has done so because they've always been at the top they've always had challenges and overcome them and that the adaptation part is really the key yeah. um you've clearly Brian accomplished a lot of things and uh, you will accomplish many more things I'm sure as well how has wharton helped you in this journey now yeah, wh- wharton is is an essential piece of
0: the whole process and it's uh you know it, it, there there's a few things that I, that I got here that are just uh again invaluable one is the quality of the education mm-hmm. uh, being able to take uh two two years out of out of the workforce to uh to really focus on on my business education is uh it's a luxury and it's, yeah. it, it it's something that Um, I think everyone here takes really seriously because it's a high opportunity cost decision you make. Absolutely, Um, and and it's it's it was a top notch education. But over the long term, it's really uh, beyond the core education. There's two other things. One, uh, the network of folks that I got to know here over the two years. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a peer group that is just it, it was humbling at the time, and it becomes even more humbling over time at how accomplished they are. And being able to go back to those folks, whether it's uh, for an introduction or to bounce an idea off them or, yeah. uh, you know, to, to get feedback on a, on a potential career decision yeah. uh, is just an invaluable resource. Yeah. Um, and then the brand, it just, uh, wherever you go globally, uh, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of, of being a Wharton grad and yeah. it, it means something uh, in the world. So it's it's been
1: just a huge part of, of my career. What's one piece of advice that you would give to current MBAs, um, based on your experience?
0: That's a good question. So, um, you know, I, the way I've managed my own career is just, I've, I've always looked for challenging opportunities. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of resumes of, of folks who are, you know, more or less you know, in, in the graduating MBA phase of their career. Yeah. Uh, and they've bounced around a lot. Um, and you, it's tempting to look at the the shiny object that's out there, yeah. um, but it's also valuable to to see a problem through. Uh, I've been at Groupon six plus years, yeah. and I've learned an awful lot. And and there's advantages of staying with something for a while. And as long as you're still on yeah. a steep learning curve, and you're uh, you're, you're you're being rewarded f- for your time there, but yeah. uh, not just looking for the next the next thing. Actually, sticking with something and and reassessing uh, constantly whether that's the right place for you and again whether whether you're on a steep part of your learning curve but um, but not abandoning
1: abandoning things too soon that's a great piece of advice um, because people make decisions all the time any other messages or anyone you want to say hi to while you're here on the show yeah I, I, tomorrow's mother's day so of course I want to uh, wish a happy mother's day to
0: my wife Jamie and my mom uh,
1: so happy mother's day Let me echo that. Uh, I think moms have done a lot for uh, everyone, and uh, I'd like to echo that. I think that's a wonderful acknowledgement. You know, we are who we become, not just because of ourselves, but because of those of us who've uh, nurtured us in many ways and support us in many ways. So I think that's a wonderful acknowledgement that you just made. Thank you. Brian, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. It's been a fascinating conversation. How can people find out more about what you're doing or keep up with the things that you do?
0: Uh, i i'm on twitter uh at brian fields uh and and certainly groupon uh has a a a feed that we we
1: keep up uh on an hourly basis <laughs> uh, I would expect nothing less. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. But thank you all so much for joining us for our special reunion radio broadcast. If you have a question about something you heard on today's show, then just email us at businessradio at SiriusXM.com and be sure to follow our show on Twitter at BizRadio111. And of course, you can follow the Mac Institute at our Twitter handle at Mac Institute and our website, where we'll also be posting about the show. Once again, a special thank you to our guests today, Brendan Cahill of Penguin Random House Labs and Brian Fields of Groupon. I'd also like to thank our producer, Brian Drew, as well as our sound engineer, Dion Simpkins. Until next time, I'm Saika Choudhury, Executive Director of the Mac Institute of Management, and this is Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 111.